Welcome to the Becker's Ambulatory Surgery Center's podcast. My name is Laura Deirda, and I am editor at Becker's Healthcare, and I am pleased to be joined by Allie Prosser, who's the CEO of San Luis Obispo Surgery Center, and I'm excited to have her join us today. Uh, Allie, could you please introduce yourself and give us a little bit about your background? Thank you so much, Laura. I appreciate you guys having me here today. Uh, as you said, my name is Allie Prosser. I'm the CEO for San Luis Obispo Surgery Center. I've been there for about two years. We are a multi-specialty facility. Uh, we have three operating rooms where we do spine, ortho, pain, GYN, ophthalmology, podiatry, uh, a little bit of everything, plastics. And prior to that, I was running a surgery center in Phoenix, uh, also a spine surgery center primarily. So I'm excited to be here on the podcast today. I think this is definitely in my wheelhouse. Fantastic. Could you tell us a little bit about where the center is today and what has really changed since the pandemic began? Absolutely. So I think the biggest thing that has changed since the pandemic began is that we had to stop elective surgeries, um, which was about the week of March 16th when the shelter-in-place order was announced and we got the CMS updates on some of the guidance on elective surgery. So that was probably the biggest change that we experienced. Uh, we ended up working with our local hospital and getting guidance from them and with physician discretion. We were actually able to stay open and perform urgent and emergent cases where the patient would either have an increased risk of worsening prognosis or worse care if they did not actually receive surgery. And since the hospitals were not able to provide that at the time, we were able to be a safe alternative. And then we were also able to significantly reduce, well, we significantly reduced our volume. SCA focused on preparing to ramp up elective surgeries. So we went through a lot of clinical guidance, new protocols, but a lot of processes in place. Uh, we've successfully sourced ample PPE, including N95 masks, face shields, and we've offered preoperative testing now at all of our facilities 72 hours in advance of surgery, which has helped protect our patient population and our teammates as well. Um, some of the other things we've done, we've established definitely robust protocols regarding terminal cleaning, some of our OR air turnovers, screening protocols for staff and patients, uh, limiting some of the, the flow of traffic and patients and vendors that are allowed into the facility, as well as offering additional and continuous education and training to our teammates um, and our medical staff as well. Got it. Wow, there's a lot of change to happen in just a few months. Uh, where do you see the center heading in the next 18 to 24 months? What do you really see as being the same and what do you see as being different? Um, we are seeing a rebound in demand of patients. I think they have had such a delay in their procedures that they are ready to get back. They understand that we're a safe place with our protocols. So we're starting to see that we're able to actually increase our volume. We've seen that the patients are facing real health issues and they have to determine, you know, what time is the risk of going in for surgery and at what point is it worsening their care. At SCA, we've seen a demand come back rapidly, about up to 90% of our pre-COVID volume. At our facility in San Luis Obispo, we're currently at about 60% of our normal volume and steadily ramping up as testing of all our patients is now available. Uh, we anticipate probably being around 90% of our volume over the next 30 days, but that, of course, is very fluid and depends on all of our local trends 
um, especially due to our specialty mix and our uh, proximity of space in our facility. So we believe that as an ASC, we have a safety advantage for our patients. So I think that's something that we will see. We've been preaching that, but I think that uh, patients are starting to see that now as well, that they're becoming more educated to the fact that an ASC is the optimal place to have surgery. And that's never been truer than during a pandemic. Um, we don't have inpatient beds. We don't treat known or suspected COVID patients. And in addition to the testing, we have best practices for terminal cleaning, as I said. So we're really able to give our added benefit of what SDA already does well and already has a well-known value proposition for, which is, you know, getting quality outcomes at a lower cost to patients, payers, uh, compared to the hospitals and outpatient departments. So it's a unique time to be in this field. Absolutely. It's definitely interesting to see how everything is evolving. And now I know there is uh, some talk about additional surges of COVID-19 in the future. Are you making any preparations for a potential second surge later this year? And how would you think that will affect the field? Uh, we are absolutely prepared for a second wave. I think it's something that everyone should be prepared for at this moment. Um, we are proud to say that we are ready with our given guidance, our equipment, and our safety protocols that we have in place. Um, it's going to take a lot of continued diligence in following this guidance and following the ever-changing guidance that we receive. Um, we were fortunate to be one of the facilities that we were actually the second ASC nationally to be surveyed um, after they resumed surveys for the Joint Commission Dean Status Survey uh, just only a few weeks ago. And I'm proud to say that with the guidance and support we were provided through SCA, we were told that we've set the bar for best practices and protocols. So I think working in partnership with our local hospitals, we're able to monitor trends and be prepared to scale down if necessary. And we actually have a hospital task force through SCA that is working with local agreements at each of our facilities to help assist with the surge need, whether it be staffing or equipment, or an actual facility space should that become a need. So it's a unique opportunity for us to grow our relationships with our, our hospital partners, um, even those of whom we're not affiliated with. Got it, that makes a lot of sense. Then the next question I have is looking at the discussion around essential surgery. During the pandemic, there's a lot of talk about what might be able to be postponed and what is essential has to be performed immediately. How do you think that type of discussion will affect orthopedics and spine going forward? I think that, you know, the criteria is really essentially determined by, you know, the government and the CDC on how they're going to interpret that guidance. Um, I think given that we're seeing a, a rebound in demand, we know that orthopedic and spine surgeries are needed and desperately wanted. And so I think delaying surgeries can lead to more critical health and, um, and pain issues. So I think during this pandemic, we were really afforded the opportunity to show why we believe that ASCs have a safety advantage. And it's opened up a lot of our conversations that our industry, I think, has been trying to have with our governors and our lawmakers at a national level to really highlight what ASCs have to offer the healthcare industry. Um, you can't change that conversation now that it's happened. So my hope is that this will help support our industry's initiatives to start providing payments for these higher acuity cases in orthopedic and spine surgeries and really allowing for that transition of care to our site. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. 
And when it comes to technology, what do you think will be essential for the Pixel plan going forward? Why are you really looking at to potentially make investments in the technology side of things in the future? I think that there are, there's a lot of things coming, but one of the things is probably robotics or even potentially pneumatic instruments, for example, for spine uh, pneumatic keratins to assist the surgeons uh, so they can get through a procedure much faster, safely, preserve some of their hands and their quality of what they can do for a longer period of time while being done minimally invasively. Uh, the other thing I think I see coming is some more screening technologies that analyze patients' health history and assist in determining some of their risk or complication factors. There's some of this technology that currently exists and it's starting to be used to help physicians to have a discussion with their patients to help them understand what their risk factors are and not just what they are, but how to address them and how to reduce them. So somebody that, you know, if this conversation is done successfully, they may have originally been a hospital candidate, but after you can review some of this data and have some of this technology available to really analyze with the patient what their risk factors are, you can get them treated for some of those, hopefully, or identify them ahead of time and truly change them to being an appropriate ASC candidate. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure to speak with you, and I look forward to continuing the conversation.